your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown, Kansas City! We are America's sports voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Tuesday night, our first edition of the program in 2023. Yesterday was New Year's Day observed across the United States. Right now, we're very happy to head back to the Quiver River guest line. We're going to uh, bring in a guy who covers Missouri athletics for uh, the Columbia Tribune. He is Matt Stahl. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt, S-T-A-H-L 9-7. Matt, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you coming back on the show. Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's get a little bit into Missouri basketball. Things are going quite well for them. They uh, are now ranked in the top 25. They are number 20 in the AP poll, number 21 in the coaches poll after their um, somewhat surprising win against Kentucky, somewhat surprising that they won, I think legitimately surprising the uh, one-sidedness of it. Just what's your takeaway from an overall standpoint of these last really two weeks of uh, of Missouri basketball where they had that good win against Central Florida, a really good win against Illinois, and then a spectacular win against Kentucky? Man, I think you're starting to see the benefit of Dennis Gates stacking this team with some experience in his first season. I mean, I was really down on him. I think it was uh, December 10th was that Kansas game where they just got fully spanked, couldn't make a shot, it seemed like. It didn't seem like things were going to go well, especially given sort of the little sisters of the poor nature of their early schedule. You were worried they were going to run into some good teams and just not have it. But, I mean, yeah, you come back against UCF, that DeAndre Golson just miracle three-pointer to win that game. Then you go in, and I mean, in St. Louis for the Bragging Rights game against Illinois. And, I mean, win convincingly. Like, it was no fluke there. And then, you know, Kentucky's a mess that probably should not have been ranked at the time. But still, you're playing what was then a ranked team. And, yeah, it's just win convincingly. It's uh, It's been impressive. And you mentioned stacking the team with experience. I guess – this is what you can do in today's age of college basketball with the transfer portal and in many ways with, with Gates coming from a mid-major program, you're working through those portal stuff uh, you know, every year anyways. It's, it's, he, it really feels like he was kind of built for this. Yeah, and Dennis has made a big deal since he got here sort of about how he really built this team very deliberately. Like It wasn't necessarily a... I'm going to take every former four or five star kid out of the portal I can find. Uh, it's more how do these players fit together, both in the locker room and sort of on the court, which, you know, outside looking in kind of sounds like the thing you say when you can't get every four or five star to commit to your program. But like it's worked. He's, he's got what seems like a very cohesive team. And yeah, they're starting to get hot. He brought in some players from Cleveland State. How important has that been in just getting everybody else to kind of get on the same page that not everybody on the floor is completely caught off guard by anything he says at any moment? You know, it's big in part because of the way Dennis has opted to run this thing. He's talked a lot about how, you know, he's sort of letting – he sort of lets 
guys coach themselves in a way. If he's he's not the one who's forcing every single decision on the court, and having those guys there who are just used to him from the Cleveland State game, especially guys like Trey Gamillion, who he's talked about, could be a real future coach at some point. That it, it's something that I, I think has helped everybody else sort of adapt to him. Somehow we've been talking for five minutes or so, and I've not yet said the name of, of Kobe Brown, who's just been so incredibly good. I keep making the point that like he's a he's a life lesson because so often if there's a coaching change, there's going to be guys who it really doesn't even matter what the next coach says, what message is brought in. They're just automatically going to transfer because that's what you do in college basketball today. And there's something to be learned because I feel like, uh, Dennis Gates has been really good for Kobe Brown and Kobe Brown's been really good for Dennis Gates and it just seems to be working so perfectly. Yeah, and he's just really worked with this team that's been put around him. I mean, last season, I think at times, you know, it was the Kobe Brown show, which, I mean, there were times where he looked really, really awesome in that. But him having to do everything, be everything to everybody on the floor – it, it did not win a lot of games. It wasn't going to win a lot of games. So now just having some of those guys, especially like there's some guys on this team who can hit the three ball, notably DeMoy Haas, has been really hot. And it sort of takes some of that pressure off of Kobe on the inside. Not to mention Kobe himself this season has really shown off the ability to hit that three, which has opened some things up for him. Look, I don't even know how to ask this question because I am as respectful of people's people's private matters as anybody, and I think everybody has, earns the right to privacy. So I feel dirty asking this question, but we don't know what's going on with Isaiah Mosley, and not that we need to go know, but it just again this is where I don't know what question to ask, but it's like Isaiah Mosley, what is he going to play? What's going on? What should we be asking? What should we not be asking? What's his status moving forward? I, I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, it's a good question, and it's one of those things I think we're all trying to figure out in real time. Like, what is the way to go about, like, trying to figure out the situation? Because like you said, I mean, everybody does sort of have their right to privacy. And it's one of those deals where, you know, we talk about NIL maybe changing this, but in my mind it really hasn't. These are still kids who aren't getting paid by Mizzou to be there. So it's not like, you know, it's an NBA sort of deal where – they're million-dollar dudes who I feel like need to step up and answer these tough questions. And frankly, in Isaiah's situation, like if they were losing games and a guy like him seemed to be the thing that was missing, I think it'd be more concerning, and I think they'd be getting pressed a lot harder on that thing. But, I mean, he's sort of – like he's good at some of the things they already have going good on the court. So it's until they start losing and it's clear a guy like him is the missing piece, Like I, I almost you hate to, as a reporter, say I'm content to let sleeping dogs lie, but like it's, it's not a really pressing concern at this time. Do you think he plays another game for Missouri? I don't know. Hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah. You know, he'll show up. I hate that. I, I hate to just speculate on yeah. that because it, it really does seem like such a unique situation where, I mean, you could see him play. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play against Arkansas, but then again, like, if he didn't see the court again this season, it wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas. They match up against the Razorbacks tomorrow night. They will be in Fayetteville. And 
with all due respect to playing Kentucky at home, going on the road is a different animal in the SEC, and this is a really good Arkansas team. And we've alluded to the fact that some of their really good wins, they beat a Kentucky team that falls out of the rankings. They beat an Illinois team that falls out of the rankings. Now they're going to match up against an Arkansas team that's legit good, not going to fall out of the rankings, and also uh, it's it's on the road. So they, they do all of this. And to me, this is the second toughest game of the year for them after Kansas. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And that's sort of what makes it fun, right? If you look up and you're like, you know, that Kansas game just went so poorly for all involved, but you see the places where they've taken sort of the opportunity to learn something from that one, and you wonder, like, can they apply those lessons here? And, you know, if if you get some shots falling, especially early, like they – in that Kansas game, they just came out so bad early and just couldn't come back. I mean, they stayed, they weren't playing great the whole game, but there were a few moments where it seemed like, well, if you hadn't gotten in that giant, enormous hole early, maybe we can make this a competitive basketball game. And then you see the last two games, like they come out early and just start wailing on Kentucky and Illinois. And if they can keep it close early, like I, you know, Shots fall, you never know what If I had to make a prediction for the game, I'd probably pick Arkansas, but it wouldn't surprise me if Mizzou pulled off another one here. Okay, so I'll finish you off with this. What is the, what's the thing that Missouri has to do tomorrow to even have a chance to win? I think you got to make Arkansas run. Uh, you saw it work so well against Kentucky. They're just making them run up and down the floor. And not to be the most obvious basketball analyst on earth, but you got to hit those shots too. They didn't do that at all against Kansas, and then they have the last few games. But if you can make them run early, especially sort of wear them down, and then get into those later game situations where maybe you can feed Kobe Brown in the post or do some stuff like that, maybe get more of these guys worked in, I think you have a real chance. He is Matt Stahl, covers uh, Missouri Tigers athletics for the Columbia Tribune. You follow him on Twitter at Matt, S-T-A-H-L 9-7. Matt, thank you so much for uh, your time and your expertise. Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. Uh, Very good. There's Matt Stahl joining us here on Sports Open Line. Again, Missouri basketball tomorrow. They are going to match up against number 13, Arkansas. That's going to be a good one, or at least you hope it's going to be a good one. Missouri ranked number 20 in the nation. Arkansas is ranked number 13. When we come back, we're going to jump right back into the DeMar Hamlin situation. Chris Pronger appeared on these KMOX airwaves earlier today. We'll play uh, some of his comments for you and react to those, and I'll continue to give you my thoughts. By the way, I'd like to hear from you, 314-436 you can text into the program what were you feeling emotionally what were you feeling while you were watching everything play out last night on monday night football my name is matt Pauly. this is sports open line on kmox